Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. What's up, Good Life fam? Welcome back to another awesome episode of The Good Life Today with Stevie and Cezanne. I hope that you guys are doing all right out there. I know that there are a lot of people right now who might be struggling financially, might be struggling with uh, anxiety, depression, you guys. Um, we don't take any of this lightly, fam. In fact, Saz and I have been through some trials of our own, of course, during this quarantine time. I think we're all struggling with our own unique obstacles. But just because uh, you're going through things, y'all, doesn't mean that you have to lose to them. You can go through them and you can grow through them. So, fam, I just encourage you, if you feel like you've been losing the battle uh, in quarantine, fam, that this is not over and that you can choose today, tomorrow, to start fresh, you guys. Whether it's practicing better mental hygiene, y'all, or it's getting on a better health, like workout schedule, all those things matter. And so I just would encourage you, anyone who's listening out there, fam, to reset, to recenter, and to know that every day is one step, you guys. Just take it one day at a time. This whole quarantine thing, y'all, it is temporary, okay? I don't know how temporary, but it is temporary, and it will end, and we will come out stronger than we came in. Fam, I hope you guys are encouraged by that, and I hope you're encouraged by this episode today. Dr. Amen is on the show today, and he's Justin Bieber's brain doctor, y'all. So, I mean, if that's if that's not enough... I mean, I mean that that is enough. That's enough for me. But anyways, we have a great conversation with him today. If you are struggling with any sort of depression or you want to learn more about uh, brain health, you guys, this is a really good episode. So stick around for that, you guys. You know it's going to be good. We love you guys and hope you enjoy this episode. All right, fam, hang around. It's about to get good. What's up, Good Life fam? Welcome back to another episode of Good Life with Stevie and Saz. Wake up, name that show. Uh, oh, Full House. Yes. Wow. I was about to give you the. Is that Danny Tanner? Wake up, yeah. It's uh, Danny Tanner and Rebecca Donaldson's morning show, Stevie <laughs> Hendrix. Are you saying that like I'm Danny Tanner? Yeah, and I'm Becky. But the problem is, is Becky might be facing jail for a very long time. Okay, Becky was dope until all that stuff went down. Like, I think she had, like, a clean slate. And then all of a sudden, we find out she's she's shoving Benjamins at, you know, was for it USC? I know, man. That's still how, ha- I mean, with all the pa- the quarantine stuff and corona, you'd think that, that, that would they'd give it a rest. <laughs> but it's still very much a case. I'll say she has great hair, and if she goes to jail, her hair is going to look fabulous. I mean, she has aged really... This has nothing to <laughs> okay, do... Okay, Danny Tanner, I'm sorry I distracted no, you. No, 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 I'm not distracted. This has nothing to do with the episode, <laughs> but I mean, she has aged really well. <laughs> her and like John Stamos could have carried a new season or a new show on by themselves, just yeah. a spinoff, True. because they literally look... We saw John Stamos. Remember at the airport? Yeah. He was on our flight. And then I read an article that said he never (laughs) shows his legs because he has really skinny legs. So that's the first thing I looked at when I saw him. And he did have jeans on, but you could tell he has skinny legs under the jeans. No, you said that to me. And when we were getting off the plane, you go, did you know his contract? I was like, what are you talking about? We got off the plane, you guys. I had to look at his legs. (laughs) 
and and he's a, he's a really good looking guy. So I, I don't really feel that bad saying he has really skinny legs. <laughs> like you can't have it all. We're talking about a full house. Anyone out there? There's probably a few uh, Gen Zs out there listening. Like full what house? is full house? Okay, okay. If you're questioning, comes on listen, at Nick at night. It's a cheesy <laughs> show, but it's just cozy. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is what we were raised on. So we're just. We're just bringing it back. But if you don't know Full House, don't watch Fuller House. It's god-awful. Don't watch that garbage. Just go back and... Can you watch it on Netflix? Yeah, you can. But you know what? You said Full House, and I just thought about our house right now. We're still here at your parents'. It's a Full House. (laughs) My mom's house, too. We've all... My mom's house and Stevie's mom's house, like... We've all been kind of like quarantining together, even though we haven't all been in the same house. So the one place we can escape to is just going back and forth between Dallas and Austin to the two houses. So we just mm. got back from my mom's in Dallas after a week. And now we're back in Austin. I'm just so tired of the oh, the man, going y'all. back and forth and living out of suitcases. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, this the episode today, we're uh, Dr. Amon's on the show. If you don't, uh, if you haven't heard of him, you, you may have seen him actually in Justin Bieber's Seasons documentary. He's actually... Justin Bieber's brain doctor. Uh, he was actually able to help Justin break out of a lot of stuff that he was struggling with. Just a little, just a little flex, babe. Just a low key flex. Uh-huh. Uh, we got Justin Bieber's and doctor. Low key, on there. he's helping us because mentally uh, we've lost our <laughs> patience in this house process. Y'all. But we're moving in our house. For anyone that's asking oh. right now, well, when are y'all going to move in? It's been twelve, almost twelve months. Just so you know, a quick update in about less than three weeks, we will be in that house. Our stuff is waiting for us there. We just got to unpack it, getting some final things renovated. And then we are in that house and we are not leaving that house ever, <laughs> ever. But I feel like there's like people listening right now, fam. I'm sure there's fam members listening who are lonely. Y'all, there is another side to that coin. <laughs> Trust me. There's like lonely, which is terrible. And then there's having too much, no space to yourself. Mm-hmm. And Saz and I are like good Lord, we need to have or, our yeah. own space. And everyone has been great. My parents, no, comp- it's not about them. It's just like being ooh, around so many people. You know what? I saw a TikTok. Hey, TikTok, shout out. Y'all Tickle know we're tea. on there being so silly these days. But on TikTok, babe, I saw this one where this, <laughs> it was the Backstreet Boy song and the, the, the caption, the text said, who's the most <laughs> annoying person that you're quarantined <laughs> with right now like who who has annoyed you if you're quarantining with family members and then the person and then the song comes on and she just kind of like pants to the camera and she says <laughs> everybody <laughs> i think at some point everybody has gotten on each other's nerves in this quarantine so i I hope my mom doesn't listen to this episode because her dog has gotten on my nerves. Oh my gosh, Presley. My mom's dog, you guys. She is freaking attached to my hip. I have no idea why. I have no idea why she loves me so much. But she, (laughs) I I don't know. I think it's because she sees me petting on Sweetie and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not your owner, dude. Every time I post a picture where Presley's in the background or she's in the background looking so helpless and sad for no reason... Everyone thinks it's Sweetie. They're like, go, why are you neglecting your dog? Why is Sweetie sad? I'm Sweetie's like, like 50 that's not Sweetie, it's Presley. And she is just so dramatic. She lingers. No Sweetie's like 50 pounds happy. heavier than Presley and way shaggier. So if you can't tell the difference, <laughs> you either need glasses or you need to start sifting through the dog encyclopedia. You okay, we're going we're gonna to get to the point of the show, but I just have to say, you know, when Sweetie got her botched haircut, I cannot, I can't get it out of my head. 
since that botched haircut, Steve goes, we're changing her name. And I'm like, what now? She has so many nicknames. Stevie goes, <laughs> we're changing her name to Derek. I was like, Derek? <laughs> what? Derek? That is so random. Derek. So my mom literally goes, last week when we were at her house, she goes, how sweetie doing? I miss her. And I go, her name is Derek. She's a boy now because they botched her hair and made her look like a Derek. But here's an update. Her hair is growing back. Praise the Lord. Okay. And she is growing back. She, I mean, sweetie is so cute and so lovely that even with her Derek haircut, she's a strange angel. She's a blessing angel. I love her Okay. For that. I'm pretty sure we lost our whole audience now. Like, what are they no, talking everybody, about? No, I think everybody on is like, hallelujah, I've feel you yes preach girl <laughs> Ooh, oh yes god girl. thank you keep going <laughs> man y'all I, I, listen we're, we're hanging in there you guys today's episode uh we had jim quick and if you know jim quick man you were today's super... episode we had jim quick no we didn't no, 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 i'm sorry I'm, I'm saying on today's episode last week we had jim yes quick. there you on go. today's episode we have somebody in the same category as jim quick y'all mm, we are i see what you're doing here we are continuing to talk about brain health mm. mental hygiene is what this episode is all about today, and I'd like to say we got. Are you that. talking about deodorant for the brain? <laughs> Baby, I need prayer. Yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Honestly, when when Jim Quick dropped that, and then Doctor Amen said that too, they were both they both said. I was like, y'all hygiene. have been talking. I don't know why I was picturing my brain being coated with deodorant. I was just trying to be mature, um, but mentally, I was picturing my brain like I can't like mental hygiene. I get Sam, what they're saying, though. It's, it makes sense. Make sure that you uh, put some deodorant on your brain after this episode today. Thank you. Make Boop. sure it's aluminum-free. <laughs> uh, no, this this uh, episode, you guys, is great. We're talking all about mental hygiene. I know that kind of like struck a chord with me, too. I was How like, How is your mental hygiene, baby? I feel like the best thing that we've done for our mental hygiene on this whole thing is learn to just talk things out. Really? Yeah, I feel like you and I have learned to communicate better. By literally, it's like the other day, South woke up in a really bad mood, y'all. Okay. And she was just like, I'm not feeling it today. No, no, no. I've had those days many days. But you you were just like, babe, I'm not having a good day today. I'm not feeling the vibes. And I was like, well, what's up? And, you're, and you just started spilling. I was like, spill it. Tell me about it. Oh, and man. then you even vlogged it, right? And I think literally just getting it out. Yeah. It's kind of like these lies trying to, they try to hold you in. They try to tell you negative things about yourself. And you just wake up with these horrible feelings. And you just got to let it out, y'all. Like, and if you don't have a friend to talk to, I mean, vlog that thing. Put on IG stories. Like, something about getting there's it no out. shame in the game. And then delete the video after. Yeah, delete it, it like two it, hours later. It really, yeah, talking things out has been really key for us mentally. So it's, it, it, it's like a mental release. And I'm sure Justin Bieber, when he first met with Dr. Amen, Dr. Amen needed to get to know him beyond what he already knew about him publicly and what was written in magazines. So imagine that first meeting. I bet it was a dump. Like, Justin Bieber probably literally just dumped everything on him and, and together since then they've been able to work through a lot of things that Justin has struggled with which Dr. Amen's going to get into that and I don't know it was really cool having somebody like Dr. Amen on the show you know on the latest documentary Justin's documentary that came out on it was on YouTube um, it was really cool getting to watch that journey unfold mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the times when we talk about mental, quote unquote, mental illness, um, and I say quote unquote because Dr. Aim is going to talk about kind of the stigma with that and how he's trying to, with his book, really break that 
entire thing that uh, the stigma of mental illness and and how he what he actually calls it um but it was really fascinating and a lot of the things he said it really resonated even with me somebody who doesn't i i mean i don't struggle a lot mentally with like depression or anxiety or things like that i have in certain seasons but it's not a constant struggle for me, something that I'm constantly battling. But if you are battling that, you're going to get so many incredible takeaways from Dr. Amen for free. Consider this today, your therapy session with him. Um, but then also for me too, it's like sometimes in this season right now, babe, I feel so just kind of mm. like figuring out this new norm. You guys yeah. ever have days where you're just kind of like in this little rut and you don't know why, and it's just because of what's happening, and right. that's okay to feel that way, I've learned. And it's like, we'll have good days and we'll have bad days, but the things that he talks about in terms of us really being in control of our minds, and when those negative thoughts or when those pressures or lies start to try to fuel your mind and your attitude, there's actually a way to combat that, and it doesn't require medicine off the bat. So, um, I, I really liked his approach and how he talked about medicine being sort of the last yeah. result, right? Uh, resort. Res- what did I say? Result. result. Okay. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> clearly what it well, didn't sound right. No, but baby, last were, resort. I really appreciate that. You're so um, on it. And he also gives very one. practical tips. You know, he's not just this guy who's spitting out this knowledge that, that people can't really grasp. I mean, he talks about exercising and supplements and things that you can actually take. And if it's good enough for Justin Bieber, y'all, I think it's good enough for the rest of us. Amen, I mean, brother. Can we talk about that? Guys, just to give you a little background, Dr. Amen is a New York Times bestselling author, double board certified psychiatrist, professor, and brain health expert, and he's the director of the Amen Clinics. So he is more than qualified. He's here to talk to us today about his new book, The End of Mental Illness. Y'all, if you are struggling, fam, with anxiety, depression, or if you are just struggling to figure out what's going on with you during this quarantine, y'all, there's no better time than to listen to this conversation with Dr. Amen, baby, you ready to dive in? I'm so ready to dive in. And I can you say, Can I get an Amen? Can I get a Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She's losing it, you guys. I get it. Can All right, I get an Amen? Can I get a Dr. Amen? I love his name. All right, fam. Let's jump into the interview with Dr. Amen. It's about to get good. We're going to get back in today's episode, but fun fact about me, if you're a day one Saz fan, then you know what I'm about to say. You know, I am obsessed with candles and actually anything that smells freaking good. And I'm talking hand soap. I'm talking, you know, air plug, those little plugins that you can put in the wall. Anyways, I like smelling good. Well, today on our show, we have a new sponsor for you guys to check out. Um, it's called, they're called Caldrea. Have you guys heard of them? They've got a really great hand washing soap line. Um, currently they sent me actually two of their popular scents to try out. Um, the basil blue sage. Okay. Remember that scent because that scent right there, I want to just put that in everything like in my perfume on a candle 
I just want to lather it all over me. Anyways, basically, Caldrea um, products really do emphasize the importance of hand washing. Now more than ever, we've got to take that seriously, right? I love that all their products are consciously crafted home and body care products that are, have thoughtful ingredients in them, and they actually smell good. I love that sometimes all we just need to feel a little motivated to wash our hands is a good smelling soap. If you guys want to check them out, you can visit caldrea.com um, and get free shipping on orders of $50 or more. Again, that's caldrea, C-A-L-D-R-E-A.com. Happy hand washing. You better take care of your hygiene. You feel me? All right, TGL fam, we've got Dr. Amen on the show. Dr. Amen, thanks for being on The Good Life today. How are you? Well, in the middle of a pandemic, I'm actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's uh, it's, it's weird because I was just talking to my wife, Saz, about this the other day. We have these, we've been having these days, and, and you can, I'm sure, elaborate on this. Um, we've been having these days where you have really great days, and you're like, man, this is really nice. You know, we've cleared out so much mental space with all the time that we have. And then you have those days where you're like, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? When is this going to be yeah. over? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is there a, uh, is there a term for that or is there a diagnosis for that? <laughs> well, part of it is just boredom. You know, it's yeah. the same thing over and over again. For a lot right. of people, it's loneliness. There is so much fear. Um, so you got to turn off the television. Uh, if you just watch Fox or CNN over and over and over again, it'll increase your heart rate, increase uh, stress hormones, and it's just bad for you. Um, yeah. And they'll highlight whatever terrible thing is happening in the world at any time because that's how they get views and clicks. Um, but there's an opportunity in this pandemic like never before to step back and go, what does my life mean and what do I want? And we just we haven't had this opportunity in generations because the world has just been going so fast. And now we can actually spend more time with our kids. Now, if you don't like them, that's a separate issue that we'll talk about. Hopefully. <laughs> But um, <laughs> it's it's a historic opportunity to rethink how we live. That's such a good point. I'm I'm glad that you brought that up, and you know it's it's kind of timely that we're you know having you on our show during this pandemic where we do have so much more time. And I've just even felt I know Cezanne agrees. Just the mental clarity that has come from so many outside things being removed or eliminated from your life that. You know, you used to think I have to have this or I need to go here. And even if it was something relaxing, like going to get a massage, I mean, you can't go get a massage anymore. And so even your dependency on things like that activities, right, they've been severely minimized, if not eliminated completely. And so are you seeing this as a uh, a very beneficial thing to people who even struggle with mental illness? No, it's not a beneficial thing. The isolation, the fear is making people worse. I think when we're out of this, we're going to see suicide took a big jump. And because um, they it just it makes people worse who are anxious or depressed. And most people, no one has ever taught them how to manage their mind. 
the first thing I posted on Instagram, uh, like the day the stay at home order started coming down was mental hygiene is as important as washing your hands. And, yeah. and then Dr. Phil and I had a whole hour conversation on what is mental hygiene. And, you know, every day people should be brushing their teeth. They should be taking a shower. But and, and so physical hygiene is just second nature to most people. But most people have no idea what it means when I say mental hygiene. And it's not something you can do once. Like you can't put deodorant on once a week and expect people to come around you. Um, you have to do it every day. Um, like flossing your teeth. It's not something to do once a month. That'd be gross. So you have to be managing your mind on a regular basis. Um, and it actually starts by taking care of your brain because your mind comes from the physical functioning of your brain. And so get your brain right and your mind will follow. And I'm in this cool new docu-series called Seasons with Justin Bieber. It's yeah. like the last couple of years of Justin's life. And, um, and, and I've been his doctor for about five years. And, but he was not always terribly cooperative. And, and I love him, but I'm like, no, you need to do this stuff. And he walked into my office about a year ago and he said, my brain can have problems just like my heart can have problems. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. So now I'm going to do everything you said. And then he just got so much better. And I want people thinking about their brain as an organ that they need to love and take care of. And that's why the title of my new book, The End of Mental Illness, they're not mental, their brain, get your brain right, your mind will follow. And just changing the name, it changes everything because it decreases stigma, increases compliance, and actually increases compassion and forgiveness from families. That's that's really incredible. We were watching actually that um, episode with you just last night with Justin Bieber, and you know, watching him, it's it's amazing that you were able to also uh, do that with him because he's you know he he's Amer he's this generation's America's sweetheart. You know, guy form um, everybody roots for him. You know, uh, I think there was a lot of people, in including myself who just were fed up with him, you know, when he was going through his rough times, you know, and, and, and acting out and, and doing things that you just don't do to other people. And he was behaving terribly, but you know, he, he turned that corner I, I, in the public guy, you know, putting out that album, even in that song where it seemed like he was publicly just kind of like letting people know like, Hey, I know I messed up, you know, but I'm, I'm changing my ways and I'm working on myself. And, and, People just who weren't in his corner then were, are now in his corner, and he's kind of America's sweetheart. So it was cool to see you kind of walking through that with him. Um, and if you were able to to really help him, I mean, what were the things that you were able to to help him actually do? I know you were saying he started following your steps. I mean, what were some of the major things, if you could explain to our audience, that he was struggling with that you were able to actually help cure or, or help him with? Um, anxiety, depression. Um, attentional problems, sloppy thinking, 
so many people struggle with sloppy thinking. And he's a historic artist. Um, and yet he would say things like, I'm not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. Or everybody judges me. And when I taught him how to manage his mind, it just helped him so much. And then, you know, simple supplements and he came out on the docuseries, they had Lyme disease that, you know, I'd see him and then he'd go away and then I'd see him and then he'd go away. And then, you know, I would see a video of him and all of a sudden he has a tick. And I'm like, he never had ticks before. And it's like something's assaulting his brain. And so mm -hmm. easy to call people bad, harder to go, why? And so you begin in the end of mental illness. I talk about how traumatic brain injury is a major cause of psychiatric problems. And nobody knows about it because nobody looks at the brain. Most psychiatrists never look at the brain. Um, infectious diseases are a major cause of psychiatric problems. And now we're in the whole middle of the COVID-19 thing. And one of the original, one of the presenting symptoms of COVID-19 is you lose your sense of taste and smell. Well, that's a brain thing. Um, but, you know, issues like Lyme or Epstein-Barr, mono or herpes, they all can attack your brain. And mm. so just going, oh, you're depressed, take Prozac. It just makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, he had just gotten back with Haley, and Haley is totally the reason he's well. Because, when, you know, I said before, he'd come and then he'd go, he'd come and then he'd go. Well, he came and then he came back because his wife made him. <laughs> and, you know, men, men who are married live longer than men who are not married just because that's how Haley was, how Haley is. I believe yeah. it. I, I believe it. adore her. But women who are married do not live longer than women who are not married because they have to put up with us. We're giving you guys years, and you're taking oh away gosh. our years. You know, that's really sad. It, it, it makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, every time we go to the doctor, my wife is constantly advocating. She's like, you're not saying enough. She's like, I have to tell them what's happening to you because you're not saying it. So she definitely has, has been that uh, person for me. Um, going back to, to mental hygiene, I mean, what are ways that people can be practicing this at home on a, on a daily basis who are struggling with that anxiety and that depression and, and the worry of what's going to happen? Um, what are some suggestions outside of medication um, that people can be doing? Well, head-to-head -head against antidepressants. Exercise has been shown to be equally effective. Walk like you're late 45 minutes, four to five times a week. Head-to-head -head against antidepressants, taking fish oil, omega-3 fatty acids. Has been found in one study from New Zealand to be more effective than Prozac. So exercise, wow. fish oil, and then learn how to not believe every stupid thing you think. So from a <laughs> hygiene perspective, whenever you're sad or you're mad or you're nervous or out of control, write down what you're thinking. And then just ask yourself if it's true, if you really know that it's true. It's our uninvestigated, our unquestioned thoughts that damage our minds. So in your, in your mind, do you think that um, are antidepressants being too easily prescribed? No question in my mind. 
23% of women between the ages of 20 and 60 are on antidepressant medication. 85% of them are prescribed it by their family doctor, their gynecologist, or their internist. Um, it's what happens when doctors are reimbursed by how many patients they see a day. And so really easy in a seven-minute office visit if you have a crying person in front of you to give them Prozac or, yeah. you know, whatever new variation of that. Um, it takes a little bit more time to teach them to love and care for their brain. And uh, I'm just horrified. The incidence of antidepressant use has gone for up 400% since 1987. But the incidence from mental health disability at the same time has skyrocketed. It's not fixing the problem. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to antidepressants. And I use them when the other things don't work. But it's not the first thing I think about. Because whenever you take a psychiatric drug, they are insidious in that they change your brain to need them in order mm -hmm. for you to feel normal. And mm -hmm. that should concern people. And, <laughs> you know, so many people are prescribed Xanax or Clonopin, um, and they're just so hard to stop yeah. once you start them. And, and yeah. I'm not okay with that. Uh, you know, I always remember first do no harm. Use the least toxic, most effective, treatments and uh, and and i believe in informed consent what does that mean we agree on the diagnosis and then i go here are the options and you decide but too often people go in the seven minute office visit oh you're depressed take this they never tell them it'll knock off their sex drive or their ability to have an orgasm um and trying to stop them is often super hard. So again, I use them judiciously, but it's after generally I've tried a number of different things. Actually, in the end of mental illness, I look at depression, addiction, ADHD, anxiety, insomnia, and I go, so what are the 10 things you can do before you do drugs? And I'm a huge fan of nutraceuticals. You're using supplements to support your mind. And a lot of doctors go, oh, well, there's no science behind that. And my response is always, do you read? There are 280 scientific references showing what supplements have A-level scientific evidence for all of those conditions. So why not try saffron? before you try Prozac, just to mm -hmm. see if it's not going to have a positive effect, along, of course, with the fish oil, walking and learning not to believe every stupid thing you think. Yeah. You know, Dr. Amen, when you're, when you're talking, it's so good because I think we need to raise more awareness around this. Mm -hmm. um, I have a really close friend of mine who, in high school, she went through a bad breakup, and her mother didn't know how to respond. I mean, she was going through a tough breakup, didn't want to get out of bed. So her mother took her to the doctor and they put her on an antidepressant at the age of like 16, 17 yeah. years old. And now this friend of mine, 
her whole life has completely kind of changed in a bad way. You know, she has talked about how the effects have really affected her weight um, and and so many other things. And she's just like, every time I, I go to the doctors, I'm trying to get off of all this stuff. She's like, they just try to diagnose me with something else. And she's just getting to the point where she's like, I feel like I can't even go to a doctor and I'm better off sort of listening to myself and just trying to get myself through. I mean, what advice do you have for anyone out there who is on the other side of that? Like they've taken these antidepressants and now they don't know what to do because they want to get out of it. And where, where does that person start? Is there clinics and things like that to help with the effects of reversing those, um, those medications? Well, I have eight clinics around the country and we spend as much time taking people off medication than putting them on. And for us, it starts by looking at your brain. Um, because how would I know what to do for you if I never assessed the organ of behavior or feeling or relating or learning, which is your brain? How would I know what to do for you? But wholesale around the world, people make diagnoses of psychiatric conditions based on symptom clusters with no biological data. And they say, I'm crazy. It's like, <laughs> would a cardiologist ever do that? Would a neurologist ever do that? Or an orthopedic doctor or a gastroenterologist ever do that? No, it's insane what we're doing. You can try and kill yourself today in every major city in the world, and no one will look at your brain. You can kill someone else, and no one will look at your brain. We just assume you're a bad person and punish you, and no one knows where you had the effects of traumatic brain injury, or you have toxic exposure, or you have Lyme disease. And, you know, we can go, oh, we'll solve the homeless crisis by housing people now in hotels, and no one's talking about their brain. Well, how do you get homeless? It's your brain's not working, right? That's why you don't make good decisions over time and you end up being unable to care for yourself. So unless we get to the point where we think, oh, optimize the physical functioning of the brain, and then people will act better, they'll feel better, they'll relate better, they'll have more money because they make better decisions, we just completely ignore the brain. And then we do things like let children play tackle football, which is a brain damaging sport. Or we let them hit soccer balls with their head. Or we go, oh, yeah, I'll buy you that skateboard and not ground them the first time they get on the board without a helmet. We're not thinking about the organ that makes us who we are and that not thinking is damaging us as a society. Mm, is um really is good. any of that linked to genetics? You know how some people say that they carry they carry some they, their dad was angry and and they carry that same kind of behavior. Is any of this linked to hereditary ancestry genetic DNA? So in the end of mental illness, I am really clear based on 160,000 scans I've seen. If you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it if it's headed to the dark place, you have to prevent or treat 
the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And we know what they are. And I have a mnemonic called Bright Minds. And the G in Bright Minds is for genetics. Things run in families, but genes only load the gun. It's what happens to us that pulls the trigger. And so in my family, I have genetic vulnerability to heart disease and obesity. And I'm 65 and I don't have heart disease and I'm not overweight. Why? Because I don't give in to the behaviors making it likely to be so. So if you have addiction in your family, So my children um, have a grandfather that was an alcoholic and he had alcoholism all through um, their mother's side of the family. When they're nine years old, I'm telling them, I told them that if you never drink, you're never going to have a problem. If you drink, you might have a really big problem because you're vulnerable to that. So know your vulnerability and engage in prevention strategies as soon as possible. So if I'm vulnerable to anxiety and depression, I'm taking fish oil, I'm exercising. I become masterful at not believing every stupid thing I think. Mm. That's good. That's that's really awesome. So I wanna go and also talk about um, the HBOT therapy that uh you guys were talking about in the the documentary for for justin is this can you explain first what that is and how it affects the brain so hyperbaric oxygen therapy is we put you in a chamber under pressure so think of a big balloon we blow it up under pressure and then we increase the amount of oxygen and what happens is that pressure pushes the oxygen into your tissues, which has a healing effect. And when I saw him a year ago, January, after I hadn't seen him for a while, and I scanned him, he had really low blood flow to his brain. And one of the, I published a study on soldiers who had low blood flow for blast injury. And after hyperbaric oxygen, they all had better blood flow. So the B in bright minds is for blood flow. What causes that low blood flow? Well, it can can come from hypertension, any form of heart disease, um, an infection, not exercising, smoking, caffeine use. And, um, And I think for him, it was in part trauma, head trauma. And increasing blood flow with hyperbaric oxygen just helped him think better. And he actually slept in it. Not my idea. Um, you know, I thought <laughs> two hours a day is plenty, but he just, it just helped him feel better. And hyperbaric oxygen has been found to decrease, found to help Lyme disease, which is an infection. And so it activated his immune system, which was really great. Wow. Is that hard to find, that treatment across the globe? Um, you know, many places have it. People rent chambers, they buy chambers, uh, or they go to clinics that have chambers. Not at the moment. <laughs> it, okay. Is it something that if someone at home is listening right now, I mean, obviously things are different with, with COVID-19, but say COVID is gone or they're able to get access to something. I mean, is this something that you would 
recommend that they, is it something that has to be prescribed or is it something that can, can be sought out if they are struggling with mental illness of some sort? You know, you know, I wouldn't, if, if I had a brain health issue, so I don't like the term mental illness, we should kill that. But if I had a brain health issue, then I would get assessed to see if it's something that might help me. So I don't routinely prescribe it for depression. I routinely prescribe it for people who have low blood flow to their brain. So for me, I'm looking because how, how the heck would I know if I didn't look? Um, I think people have had head trauma. It's really good, you know, say they can't get a scan. Uh, I'm a fan of it for that. I'm a fan of it for Lyme disease. I'm a fan of it. Um, it's actually approved by Medicare for 14 wound healing indications. And so something like a stroke, that's a wound. And I would think of it for that. But, you know, one of the problems with the docu-series is they sort of implied Justin used it for anxiety. And it wouldn't be one of the first things I'd think of for anxiety unless you had really low blood blood Um, Your your book, The End of Mental Illness, I just want to briefly talk about that and just ask you, do you see there being an end to mental illness? And if so, what is going to be that key thing that needs to be done in order to eradicate that term mental illness and these issues that come from it. So the end of mental illness will begin with a revolution in brain health. When we get serious about loving and caring for our brains, that is the beginning of the end Mm -hmm. for mental illness. And the reason I have that as a title, um, I have two nieces that I actually adopted and they're 10 and 15 and they're loaded for mental illness. They have a family history of multiple suicides, schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder, depression, addictions, incarceration. Um, There's a lot of craziness in their family. But as I said, genes only load the gun. It's what happens to us that pulls the trigger. And unfortunately for them, they were raised in chaos with parents who struggled with addiction, domestic violence, depression. And then about four years ago this month, they were taken by Child Protective Services um, into foster care. Now, I didn't know them at all. Um, they're my wife's half-sister's children. And But as soon as I found out they were in foster care, I knew I was going to adopt them. But my wife, who grew up in crazy, said, no, I'm not inviting crazy in my family. Uh, I've spent my life trying to protect myself. And so I'm a child psychiatrist by training. I know foster care um, is a crapshoot that putting them into the state system, it was just not okay with me. And so it was actually the worst week of our marriage because I'm like so unhappy and she's so unhappy and we usually like each other a lot. And so um, the end of mental illness, it's my plan to end it, anomaly and Alize, um, and to end it in their children and their grandchildren. 
how do we do that? And, and if we're not smart and we don't say the paradigm we're operating under is broken, our outcomes are no better than they were in the 1950s. And I'm not the only one that says that. The director of the National Institute of Mental Health said that. Um, if, if we don't change the paradigm, we're going to lose more and more people to this thing we're naming wrong. I wanted to ask you one last question. You know, a lot of our listeners and even Stevie and I, you know, what is your, what is your um, kind of opinion on people who address, you know, brain health issues um, spiritually? You know, have you seen there being um, effects with that, like taking more of a spiritual route to help with these brain health issues that we are seeing? So I actually went to a Christian college, Vanguard University in Southern California. And then I went to a Christian medical school at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, So I learned medicine in the context of my faith. And whenever I assess someone, I'm always thinking in four big circles. I want to know about their biology, so their brain and their body their psychology, how they think, the social circle, who they hang out with, and the spiritual circle, which is why do they care? What is your deepest sense of meaning and purpose? Mm. And spiritual bankruptcy makes it harder for people to heal. If you don't have a sense of why you are here and your connection to God as you understand God, as to the planet, to your past and to your future, it's really much harder to heal. But at the mm. same time, there are many people who go depression is a spiritual problem. You shouldn't right. get treatment for it. And that's mm. just as bad because yeah. they don't say that about cancer unless they're crazy. They don't say that about heart disease or about Alzheimer's disease. They don't shame people for medical illnesses, but it's because we think of mental illness as a choice when it's often the result of a brain gone wrong that we come up with these crazy ideas as, oh, you're depressed or you're manic because you have sin in your life. Now, having Mm -hmm. sin in your life is not going to help you. If you live a life that is not consistent with your own values or your own moral code, you're going to be conflicted and you're going to be more likely to be anxious or depressed. But we, we always have to keep this balance of, well, this could have been from a head injury. My passion story, which somebody, you know, I talked about it at Saddleback Church and someone took a clip of my lecture and posted it online and it got 40 million views, um, wow. is I talk about um, when I first started scamming people, so excited. But I got all sorts of hate from, and this was before internet hate. I got all sorts of hate. <laughs> you were the, like, you got the first oh, batch of haters. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's a charlatan, and the scans really don't tell you anything. He's making it up, and He's scanning people and giving them false hope. And, and it really um, took me off center because I wasn't used to it. I didn't become a doctor to get people to hate me. 
<laughs> that was like, no, I hate this. But then in uh, April 1995, uh, my nine-year-old nephew Andrew attacked a little girl on the baseball field. And Andrew's my godson. And I was horrified. You know, his mom's called me up crying one night. And I'm like, Sherry, what's going on with Andrew? And she said, Danny, I don't know. He's mad all the time. He's mean. He doesn't smile anymore. And I went into his room and I found two pictures he had drawn. One of them, he was hanging from a tree. Oh my God. In a suicide attempt. The other picture, he was shooting other children. Oh and if you think about it, Andrew was Columbine or Aurora or Sandy Hook waiting to happen. Yeah. And I saw him the next day. They drove eight hours to come see me. And I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And he, he said, Uncle Danny, I don't know. I'm mad all the time. And I'm like, is anybody teasing you? He said, no. Is anybody hurting you? Said, no. Is anybody touching you in places they shouldn't be touching you? I said, no. And my first thought was I had to scan him. And my next thought is, well, you want to scan everybody. And, and so I played with it in my head for like three seconds. And I'm like, no, nine-year-olds don't attack people. Scan them. He had a cyst the size of a golf ball occupying the space of his temporal lobe. And when they took wow. the cyst out, his behavior completely went back to normal. Behavior wow. is much more complicated than wow. most people think. And it was his case where I lost my anxiety. I didn't care if you liked me anymore. If you don't look, you don't know. Stop lying about it. We need to break. We, we need to change this broken paradigm and get a completely new way of doing psychiatry, which is what I talk about in the end of mental illness. Wow. Uh, that, that's incredible. I mean, that makes me think, is it smart for people to, you know, who, who are struggling with depression, anxiety, and all of those things that you've listed? So it's smart for them to, to talk to somebody first. I mean, kind of going through the questions that you went through with your nephew, you know, and, and okay, you haven't gone through this, you haven't gone through that. Um, you know, your brain needs to be scanned. Sort of. I mean, that's to me, that's mind blowing that that's was the cause of the issue. I mean, are there so many people out there who need to go and get a scan to find out what's going on? It seems as if there are. Well, how do you know if you don't look? I mean, I'm just not good at guessing. And I wish I was right. I mean, I wish I could be like Johnny Carson when he did Karnak the Magnificent. Now, a lot of people, if they didn't watch Johnny Carson, they won't know what that means. But he's basically, you know, he was before Jimmy Fallon, a long time mm -hmm. before Jimmy Fallon. But he had this routine where he'd had a turban on and he'd put uh, an envelope up to his forehead and he'd try to guess what was in the envelope. And it's like, well, that's funny. But why the hell would I do that if I have a suicidal, homicidal, depressed, manic patient in front of me? It's like, right. that's insane when yeah. we have technology that helps us look that's it's so incredible and also too we uh we actually we attended saddleback church that. for a while <laughs> in la so i thought that we was love rick warren so that's awesome right that you that you got to speak there we'll have to check that out I'm yeah sure it's online we're huge huge fans of rick warren um i, I believe that 
you know, you're doing so much good in the world. And, and I love that you are bringing a new point of view, um, around, uh, what's been called mental illness. Um, guys, if you want to get Dr. Amen's book, you've got to pick it up. It's already out now. It's called the end of mental illness. Dr. Amen, uh, this has been really inspiring and, and insightful, um, for us, um, beyond your book, is there any other resources you'd like to extend to the Good Life audience who's listening right now that they could check out? Well, then go to amenclinics.com and learn all about the work we do at the clinics. And even during the pandemic, we're open, we're working, we're scanning people, keeping everybody, our employees and our patients safe. Um, and if they want to work on getting their brain healthy at home, they go to amenuniversity.com and we have 10 courses people can take. Distance learning is going to be where it's at coming up. Uh, and we even have courses for teenagers and young adults and uh, courses on memory and sleep and how to have a better brain and a better life. That's really wow. great. Those are some great resources. You guys will have to check it out, fam. Um, again, Get his book, The End of Mental Illness. We all got time right now to read, to feed, and fill our minds with the good stuff. Um, Dr. Amon, thank you so much. Um, we always end our show by asking our guests, what's good in your life right now? It can be anything. So the pandemic's good in my life. And it's like, well, that's weird. I have more time with our kids than ever before. And yes, I understand they're a captive body, you know, but it's the dinners together. It's the conversations together. We're playing table tennis together. It's, this is a historic time for the last three generations because of the economy. We've had two parent working families for three generations now and women and men are tired uh, yeah. and they just don't have the bonding time. And now we do. And it's so special if people can use this time to optimize or fix their relationships with their kids. It will pay dividends for generations. Wow. wow. Amazing. I believe that. Dr. Amen, thank you so much for being on The Good Life, fam. Make sure you check out his book, The End of Mental Illness. Dr. Amen, have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Thank you. What a joy to be with you. Thank you. You too. Man, how amazing was that interview with Dr. Amen? I mean, Can I, I get an amen? Yeah, I mean, amen, because when, when he was talking about some of the stuff with like the pharmaceutical companies and how, mm -hmm. you know, because I have... I have personal friends who can testify to that, exactly yeah. what he said. You know, they go into these doctor's offices, they tell the doctors their symptoms, and they immediately prescribe all these medications without giving right. you, the patient, these alternate alternative options for treatment. And I just never really understood or wrapped my head around why. And I feel like Dr. Eamon really was just so honest with his reasonings and how he is not against modern medicine, but at the same time, there's also other treatment um, mm -hmm. and therapies mm -hmm. that you can go through first. And I think 
That's really powerful. And you, I think we are in control of that because if we sit in those doctor's offices, a lot of times we just want the magic pill that makes things better. But then you learn that that pill ends up adding on so many other layers of issues down right. the line. Right. I, I like knowing that now because if I have a friend or somebody, yeah. I can actually say, did you know that there are other treatment options? And if those don't work, okay, then you go to the next thing. And the next thing, I think, like he said, medicine should be the last resort it's not canceled out like you can't do it but i just think there are other options out there and so there's so many people that have been given medications at such a young age that now they're trying too quick yeah too early and they have so many side effects and so i feel like that he really raised awareness around that and i really appreciated that he did Mm. that because so many people and psychiatrists i feel like they kind of shy away from that they have to be careful but he did it in such a he just spoke about that in such a great way and i'm glad he said it because i was thinking it yeah no he answered a lot of questions and obviously we all hear and we have conversations about medicine and you know brain you know conditions mental condition mental illness and to hear from an expert you know who clearly knows what they're talking about who could debunk some of the myths for us and also give us some real practical advice i mean i'm so glad we had him on our show fam we told him afterwards we're like hey we got to connect uh if there's ever an opportunity in the future for us to work together you know we really appreciated hearing from dr amen uh we hope that you guys enjoyed it as well yeah. uh if you want to check out his book the end of mental illness dr amen you can check his book out right now you guys i highly suggest that you do and if you like this episode you guys tag us both share on it. social media if you guys share took that a thing. quote or something from this episode specifically we love when you guys share like the biggest takeaway for you like if you share it on stories tag us we want to read post it we want to see it we want to connect it's kind Um, of like french takeout it's like takeaway it's not like oh god you know what i mean did you fart no i know i did (laughs) (laughs) and on that note i'm out of this love you fam hope you guys have a great week see you soon (laughs) 